Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, despite scientific advice to the contrary, unlike Christmas, he's yet to be cancelled, Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. I'm surprised that I'm not the thing that, you know, I thought I would have joined the list of things to be cancelled during this pandemic, but uh, I'm as surprised as you are. And I'm okay. I'm good. How are you doing today, Rich? I'm all right. I've decided to let the um the vague euphoria of uh, of the wednesday result um wash over me before i take in the full uh, depressing reality of the world that we live in um but yeah i think the thing is most of the world now is run by populist leaders and they know that the people want their lukey lukey gledall um and therefore you know they're going to keep you keep you running as long as possible <laughs> thank you thank you <laughs> Got to give the people what they want. Um, Glad we to move? make the the dossier on Cobra Team Aquaforce, whatever it is in the UK. <laughs> exactly, uh, La Cucaracha Team. Uh, <laughs> let's let's get ourselves. There's there's a, there's a lot to discuss today. I think so. Let's. Uh-huh. Um... Breaking hoo hoos. Breaking hoo hoos. I think probably first, first and foremost, mm. talk about talk about the game. It's uh, that happened midweek um, against Coventry. I don't. I will be honest. Do not have tons of notes about this, uh, but mm, that's fine. I don't think it's anything we need to talk about. Oh, exactly. Well, I think individual I... individual occurrences within the game. I think it it definitely fits into. Uh, I'm really really glad that this wasn't the weekend game that we had to cover on the podcast. Yes, very, as very we, much so. As, as the format, you know, we, we cover the weekend game in depth, very much in depth. And uh, I'm really glad to talk a lot less about this game of football that happened um, in Nottingham. Sort of like, let's eat the frog, get it out of the way, mm. get into the real brilliant stuff, like players not getting paid. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, we've just been talking about Peep Show and uh, the... Mark talking about his toast, uh, having the brown bread for his his main and uh, the white bread for dessert, but winning because he uh, he enjoys both. Not so much the case with uh, this <laughs> with the game against Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know where to start with this. Um, I, I think it's just because I I'm, I'm really glad we had something changed today. Like yeah. I'm really glad. So just just put that just put that my I'm you know really hot take here. Wednesday mm-hmm. fan enjoys winning. You know, <laughs> just uh, what a crazy flag you planted on the moon there, Luke. I know it's it's insane. <laughs> um, but the thing I've been thinking so much about midweek was after seeing that game is I I think about kind of my own approach and I feel about podcasts and I feel about. You know, I I feel I I don't think I'm the most optimistic guy in the world. Sometimes I feel like I felt that when we were in the period where uh, Rich and I had season tickets uh, next to each other for about three seasons, and I I often felt Rich that you were more of the optimist about <laughs> uh, of the two of us from some yes. of our conversations about some of the games that we saw during that period. I think that's fair to say. 
and uh, let's just let's just kind of chronicle like the three seasons that we had as season ticket holders, Rich. So it was the year that we kind of got aboard the Lee Strafford train, and yes. then obviously we oversaw an ex- expanded wage bill to bring in players such as Darren Purse and Tommy Miller, and then we careened down to you know down to down to relegation mm. to, so we went down to league one yeah. obviously we saw a change from brian laws to alan irvin come in there uh we tried to negative our way out of out of that hole and it, it, it didn't work you know yeah. somehow digging in a hole keep digging in a hole doesn't get you out you know <laughs> you don't eventually just you know make a few make a few strokes of a shovel and end up in australia you know, it just doesn't doesn't unfortunately kind of work out that way. <laughs> so, and then obviously we had this that season in League One, which was pretty disappointing, where Irvin was dismissed, Megson came in, we kind of muddled through the season and the final season before I up sticks and left for for this for the sunny beaches of Canada was the promotion season in League One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, as I said just to kind of go back and kind of talk about kind of our approach is I'm often hoping for something different, but yet that's idiotic because it's like doing the same thing again and expecting different results. And Tuesday felt like I was being an idiot and the team and the management were being idiots because everybody was doing the same thing that they were doing previously and expecting different results. Like if you're not in a position to show any impetus to try and score a goal, then then I, I really don't know what we're doing. I, I didn't know what happened yeah. from Saturday through to Tuesday where, you know, we saw, we saw down. Who did we lose to last week? <laughs> last week's podcast. I can't even remember. It's just a series of conceding two goals and then maybe one or two games we score a goal and some we don't at all. We lost to, I don't know which loss you're referring to last week, but there was Huddersfield and Barnsley. Barnsley. It was Barnsley. <laughs> we lost 2-0 to Barnsley. There we go. Um, they all just kind of merge into one, really. Just yeah. a big stretch of, you know, all these games of, was it six games that we've conceded two goals in a game in a row? Uh, five, five or six games. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's four, but um, I don't want to, okay. I don't want to, uh, you know, hyperbole's got a real place in, in life. So let's yeah. call it, let's call it 10. Yeah. So again, <laughs> but I don't know what happened from Saturday to say, what we saw on Saturday and then from the previous midweek to say that was poor and maybe we should change things. And then we just seemingly look exactly the same. We're not making any difference. Um, We're not looking to make any changes in, even in our approach or intent to score a goal because it's, yeah. Yeah. He's sort of got stuck in a, in a rot of his own devising, hasn't he? I think Pulis uh, in some ways, like dismissing so many of the squad, well, dismissing all of the squad as lacking quality really cuts down on your options. Um, and then it, it feels like within this squad that he feels lacks quality, he's already dismissed more than half the players as just having no no part to play for him except in the direst of circumstances. Uh, it's um, So, yeah, your, your options for changing things are severely, severely limited when... You pick eleven out of the same twelve or thirteen players. Yeah, well, he he doesn't seem to think any of the French players have any kind of you know chance of doing as well as. Well, we get the, the same main. subs. Yeah, we get the same subs every week as well. Right, don't we? right. Game as I well. know. But we're never. It's never like you know what I've seen this on the training ground and it's different. I mean, we don't really see what's on the training ground. So 
I've yeah. heard in kind of the litany of these losses is that, oh, you know, we did, you know, we were doing really well in training, you know, and I, I don't, but then on the match day, all it really seems to be is effectively, you know, um, all we, you know, we seem to be okay at stroking the ball around a little bit. Yeah. You know, there was talk about us having quite a lot of possession at Forest. Yeah. But it's fine. But, I mean, but all we're going to do is just stroke it around the back. And then we maybe do a failed attempt to go long. Maybe we play it through the middle and just the players get kind of hustled off the ball. Um, there seemed to be a design to get Odebajo on the right wing. That seemed to be. I, I'm still, you know, when Odebajo is playing, I'm a bit confused as to what his position is. And what is instructions? I think we can get on to talking about Moses Adepajo <laughs> as we should. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that was something that looked something maybe we could do something. But I thought the interesting thing was like, it, it, I don't know if it was our intent, but I, I typically feel that, especially I've seen, <clears throat> especially I've seen from Gary Monk's, Mary Gary Monk's team and Pulis's team, which, you know, fundamentally they have a lot of similarities, some different kind of stylistic kind of flourishes. Maybe yeah. not the best ways for how they want to play the game. But yeah. Forrest were playing a very kind of deep back line. And it didn't seem like something we would ever look to um, look to exploit. You know, it wasn't like a high line that we can kind of exploit. I know, but this is the... Unfortunately... That's where is... I feel we would do something of any kind of great merit with this. And how we've been set up and how it's kind of transpired previously. You know, you get on the counter, you draw them back. Then you get on the counter, you get the ball forward quickly. You know, we have some pacey players to get in behind their kind of defense. Yeah. But I, I mean, every time we were forward with the ball in their half, Forrest just seemed incredibly well-drilled and well-organized. It felt like it was like a flat back eight in those situations. And then it just seemed like a litany of either Bannon or Reach just struggling with the ball, being isolated, and then eventually just losing possession. That's what it seemed to me from what I seem to remember from that awful, awful game against Forest. I think, yeah, a well-organized defense who are all, who are not who have no reason to get forward. Uh, it, it's hard for all teams to you know, to beat generally. Like good, good teams struggle. You know, Man City, um, Man United. You know, the top, even at times Liverpool, a team that's sat in knows what they're doing, well drilled, well disciplined. That's the kind of it's almost the hardest thing to do in football. Picking out somebody in loads of space when you're on the break and they're quicker than their man, that's easy because you generally got about 30 yards of the pitch, 30 square yards of the pitch to put the ball into and they will beat their man to it and be in a good situation. That's a very, very easy pass to play. When a team is, is you know, two banks of four just watching you play it, that's much harder, it requires good movement, perfect passing often. Um, and it's been a Wednesday frailty, even in the good times under Carlos. Like generally, Carlos's teams were better. We would generally win if we had 30 or 40% possession, but lose or draw if we had 60% possession. Um, it's got worse because we've lost quality through the years. We've uh, and got probably got worse defensively. So both those factors together have ended up in the situation now where we still have this issue that where a team goes ahead early, sometimes we give them two goals. There's no emphasis on them to to go and attack, particularly when there's no crowd. I don't know if Forrest could have been so defensive and compact at home with an audience 
full of fans there. Like there's a mm. there's a push, there's a drive to to get forward. No, nobody likes sitting back, and people certainly don't like sitting back to the point where you get told off for time wasting in the first half. Um, so it's harder in the COVID times, and it's also just harder because we just don't have that many talents to to try and unpick the lock. And yeah, again, as you say, we we had we had almost sixty percent possession. We had barely any shots. We don't. The other thing we don't have in those situations that can make a difference is somebody who's got who's got uh, the ability to shoot from distance, and we do not have that at all. Uh, no, n- apart from reach. Uh, but it's a long time since he scored one of those. There's really nobody you're worried about having a shot from our our whole midfield and attacking lineup mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. from distance. And in particular, yeah. the guy that's on the ball all the time is woeful at shooting he's bannon is clearly being told to shoot more uh, or to try it when he's in those positions that it's rubbish it's just yeah. it's feathery and over and wide and i don't understand a guy that has so much ability <laughs> a lot of you know almost all the time when he's playing the ball um mm-hmm. pressure moments just break him so but i feel that first goal that forest scored was essentially then kind of getting the ball down the side, they had some quick work, some nice quick passing, and then they just stroked it across the pitch into an area where it seemed like Wednesday had completely encroached that that area on the left where you know the Forest had taken the throw in and kind of worked it from or had the ball yeah. Yeah. on there. I can't remember if it was a throw in or whether it was that. I feel it was a throw in, but I could be wrong. Um, and you know, one thing I asked to Rich was, I don't really know where Moses Adebayo was because. That would have been his area in right back, I believe, or at least maybe right wing, or I don't know who else was supposed to be on the right side. I don't know if it was. Harris was kind of drifting in as a number ten. Or what I think Adebayo was all the way in for, with him, was uh, all the way in and marking a man where he was. So right. presumably it should have been Harris, but Harris was nowhere near either. Right, but there was just acres and acres of space for oh, tons, yeah. whoever the Forest left back was, who apparently. That was his first goal for Forest to just finish finish pretty easily. Most, te- I mean, most teams do play that kind of cat and mouse thing where you keep your back four or back five quite compact, and you leave men out on the. You know, generally it's the fullback, as as was this case. You leave that man spare because well, you're kind of you're rolling the dice because it's like by the time he the ball gets to him, we think we can get a man out to him and therefore it's not really a threat. Um, generally, the ball will be slow or poor quality and therefore by the time he gets it, gets it under control, we'll have the situation managed. Everybody shuffles across. Yeah, This was a good pass. It was a good swift pass along the floor. We were clearly out of position as well, which didn't help. And then, as mm. you say, nobody got out to him. So he had... He had a lot of time. I still think it was a difficult angle for him to score from. Um, but I'm sorry to sound like a broken record, but Wildsmith makes life easy for players shooting from wide positions. He sells himself. He covers the front, the, his near post, at the cost of, the expense of, leaving a huge swathe of the goal available. And if you get any sort of decent strike, you've essentially got an open goal because he cannot react quick enough. Um it's almost like a dummy. It, he defends it like a goal. You know, goal. You see sometimes at not goal kicks, free kicks. Um, you just see sometimes at free kicks, keepers put themselves in a position where essentially, like, if this 
does hit the target, it's impossible for me. They put themselves so far one way, they're counting entirely on the wall to 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 cover the rest of that goal. And there's there's it's impossible for them to get across for any sort of decent strike. And that's what Wildsmith does time and time again in those situations. He's letting three very very similar goals in in the, the last three games. Um, and he took it really well. Uh, the 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 fullback mm-hmm. for for Forest. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from his Ribeiro strike, but yeah. it was just disappointing to once again see an almost carbon copy sort of bit of goalkeeping error um, mm-hmm. on, on top of poor defending, which is another feature. The, uh, we just didn't get much going at all, did we? No, but this was also just a just a kind of timestamp. This was the fourth minute of the game. Fourth minute of the game, yes. Well I said. I made a note uh, already behind after four minutes. Um, a start as inspiring as the lineup. The thing is, you can turn games around when you scored in four minutes. It's happened to Wednesday <laughs> fairly recently, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But we can't apparently do that. Did um, I don't know if this was on your kind of feed, but I I thought I heard something on the commentary from my feed, and I'm not sure if I totally got this correct. So I, I don't know if if you had the same feed or whether you heard something else. Um, I thought I heard something that Wednesday haven't scored in the 70 they were the only team in the championship to not score from the 75th minute onwards. Right. Okay. That's not, I don't remember hearing that stat, but it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm. And I, I don't know if I've got that correct, but it sounds very plausible. It does. Especially as Wednesday are a team who typically kind of turn off late and do typically kind of concede. So, you know, every team we're, we're giving a helping hand to, you know what, sixteen, seventeen teams in that yes. in, the, in that discipline in that area. So yeah, I, I could have completely got that wrong, and I apologize that I have. But it, it it says a lot about the fact that obviously, but we know, I you know, I said it's game over because I know it's game over because I've seen this Wednesday team that were not a team that scores goals. It's so so yeah, they are so scant, aren't they? Forward. They're so scant anyway. So the you know, I mean, this is. Wednesday won today, and I, I saw Dale Johnson put this on Twitter. So this is the first time we've won at home for a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff uh, in 378 days, so just over a year wow. there. Wow. So basically then, you know, obviously since then, which games have we won? We've won two midweek games against Charlton and Bournemouth. Um, that was the one with the Bannon penalty and the Fletcher the Fletcher header at the death. Um, right. So they, yeah. obviously they were the weak games. So then, <clears throat> but then as Dale Johnson then kind of followed up and then said, um, it's still 378 days since Wednesday has scored two goals at home. So yes, yeah, yeah, it's 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 desperate times, but um... desperate times. Obviously that's a marker of you know. But the funny thing is, obviously typically in the Monk we looked a lot better away from home. Yes, you know, and then obviously we we had a few field days. We had you know Forest away, QPR away. We we so there's been a, a couple of them, but still they are very much rarities. Let's be honest. So yes, goals are scant this season for Sheffield Wednesday. It's not something an identity that we seemingly know how to do or have the capacity to do. And then just to just to top off the top off the game, what did what did you think about <laughs> our second goal? I wanted to ask you this question because <laughs> we can we can reverse. I can you know you can put it back on me. That's cool. Well, no, it's just I'm going to say what I thought at the time, and apologies if this is harsh. And I if it makes things better, I'm going to praise him highly from his efforts this weekend. But I just thought Lee's neshed the challenge, right? Because I uh, 
I've been very intrigued by um, obviously what happened then, which we'll get onto, and also Pulis's post-match thoughts, where saying that basically, so it was Graben, was it? Yeah, Graben. Graben came off the bench, and apparently Lee's had stud marks on above his knee, on his thigh, because it was okay. that high of boots. So that's what they were they were saying. So that's and that kind of leads us on to um, should have been a foul, and apparently that's what kind of led to Adebayo Adebayo situation. Which yeah. We- so well, okay. So the first thing is um, once again we brought on Jordan Rhodes, and this time he contributed a second assist in that he headed it to Amiobi uh, in our own. It, he headed it backwards from their half, halfway into our own half to Amiobi in loads of space. That's the first thing that happened. Amiobi then dinked a clever little ball into a gaping gap in our defence. We'd overcommitted. Um, and then it set up this isolated one-on-one with Lees and, and Graben. Um, Graben got the ball, but then got... Uh, so there was no good... The, the tricky thing for me is I didn't get a satisfying camera angle because the two they kept showing... I couldn't see any contact with Tom Lees. I know I know he went down and had treatment afterwards. That doesn't mean he got caught. It might that could have just been embarrassment at the situation. But as you say, Pulis since that incident has said that should have been a sending off. It was a terrible challenge. So um I'm I don't know why I doubt his words, but he wouldn't be the first football manager to lie about something or deflect um from from an incident, but anyway, Graben got got the ball through, and then one on one with uh, Wildsmith sort of curled it into the again curled it into the far post. Then we had the controversial incident where it l- looks like Adebayo high fived Lewis Graben. What did you make of that? <laughs> um, I didn't see it at the time. I think I I joined in. I didn't see on, it. I joined in on Twitter when everyone else joined in, and the the, the when whoever the Wednesday was. Thank you. Who, well, thank you. I don't know <laughs> who points who pointed it out, basically. But it it was it was very strange. I must say, like I uh, and then I didn't see it at the time. But then almost as we're coming into that, then Adebayo's doing his PR or putting the record straight or whatever, however he wants to kind of define and outline this, and basically saying that um, he was going into and saying, yeah, that's not going to count as a goal, mate. And whatever he was doing with his hand, maybe Graben has gone for his hand as well. So maybe it looks like it's a kind of high five. I don't think I saw a high five. I thought it was more of a clasp of hands. Really. Yeah, but still, yeah. still, regardless of what it is, if whatever he's doing, it looks pally. Um, it, and I don't know if Graben and Adebayo go back at all. I don't know if they've played on the previous regimes with different clubs. Um, or whether somehow they're just making off the pitch. I thought it maybe might be a fault and maybe that's something that's happened i don't know if he's a player who i don't know i i it, I know. it just it i don't know if i quite buy his i don't know why he would do it um I, I i know it doesn't look good and i'm not sure if i buy the excuse myself i know and uh, i think that's the tri- yeah the tricky thing is you just don't nobody really knows apart from the two players involved mm. uh but Trying to see if they were together at a club ever. Don't think they were. Right, because I I know sometimes I think that's been a hallmark of Wednesday. You know, especially you know Gary Monk having a nice chin wag with uh, Akin Fenwa after you know after Wednesday Wickham. It's like 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Without if... the st- without the stretch of um, <coughs> sorry, edit. yeah, without the stretch of saying that they they both come from London, um, which reminds me of uh, when uh, my, my uni days in Manchester, when people would go, "Oh, you're a student in Manchester. You might know Moira's daughter." But there is eighty thousand students. If I know Moira's daughter, that will be extraordinary. <laughs> Um, then yeah they don't seem to have shared any um, club affiliations uh, but that doesn't mean they're not friends that does sound a great code word doing doing some drugs a friend of Moira's daughter can I have a word with Moira's daughter (laughs) I think it's one of those I'm sure after after talking about Peep Show it's nothing that Superhands has come out with (laughs) sorry anyway carry on um, you're right it doesn't you know, uh, they talk about um, uh, it's more of an American phrase, but the the optics, the optics are bad. That's undeniable, isn't it? It doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like some form of pally congratulation, um, and that's the last thing you want to see in the situation we're in. I don't. The tricky thing is, does Odebajo want that to happen? Graben doesn't matter, does it? Like he could grab his hand. It could, Graben could have been being a prick. And just kind of like, yeah, like I'll high, you know, he's got his hand up, so I'll pretend like, oh, you know, I was yeah. going to shake his hand up. Do you know, like, yeah. Um, and Graben walks away. Nobody's going to question what Graben does in that situation because he's just scored the second goal and won the game. Mm. Uh, all the eyes and all the attention is on is on Odebajo, and it and it doesn't look good for him. As you say, I don't know that I quite buy that he was saying. Look, no, you're not going to get your goal, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was telling it. It's a bit, I mean, it's almost like the John Terry defence, um, although yeah. it's slightly less racist. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, obviously noticeable that he wasn't in the starting lineup this week, uh, and <clears throat> um, Pulis did sort of make a veiled threat of, you know, oh, I'll sort it out. I'll get it. <laughs> like there was some like, you know, some sword of Democles hanging over mm. uh at some point in the week. So he hadn't spoken to him days later, and he was going to deal with it in his own way. And I don't know what was the. It was like a weird veiled like, oh, we all know, he'll know that we've spoken. Oh, we all, he'll know I've dealt with it or something like that. Um, so whatever that accounts for, whether he's going to use the new. Um, the new fine system, uh, or, or or just or, maybe just torture him on a medieval rack, perhaps. Maybe yeah. yes. Um, speaking about Pulis, this was the other thing that sort of stood out to me at the end of the game. Uh, we at Different Gravy have indulged in the imagery of uh, the players being various grades of berry or fruit, um, and Wednesday trying to enjoy the juice of the of the, of those <laughs> that produce um after the match pulis was talking about squeezing and getting pips and if the pips aren't there the pips aren't there and i i did think it says a lot about the man <laughs> that when he is squeezing his fruit he's not after juice he is after pips um for pulis very much a man indulging in the pips of life i think football wise <laughs> Um, it, it makes me think, I mean, he's a man who comes from a working class background <laughs> and kind of grew up with numerous, maybe that's it. Maybe we're just, uh, we're too, I mean, especially for me, I'm, I, I'm saying to Rich, this is probably the worst emotional year of my life. 
But yeah, currently the most financially best. Like I'm, I'm doing quite well for myself. <laughs> just to have a bit of a sorry, a crappy wow, humble brag. Wow. brag, brag, wow. brag. And uh, but maybe, maybe if we're, you know, maybe he grew up in a very impoverished household, and maybe, maybe after you've squeezed the orange, you know, you then squeeze the pips, and you get some juice out of the pips as well. <laughs> Or you grow yourself, you know, it's almost like a um, give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day, teach a man to fish. Maybe it's like that with fruit. Give a man an orange that's got no pips and he'll have an orange. But if you give him an orange that's full of pips, he could grow an orangery. He could have pip juice till next Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, an orchard full of pips. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Let's... um... So let's let's put the midweek match to 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 bed, as it were. Uh, the it, other bit of news. No, night. God bless the two 0 loss to Nottingham Forest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the players haven't been paid this mm, month, which was funny because I I think that I think previously there was a rumor about this happening recently or back from November. And I think mm-hmm. it was something that came up and then I kind of mentally tossed it aside. I remember one week in Turkey, you know, in preparing well, for... You would mentally toss it aside, bloody, bloody rolling in it. Yes, exactly. I'm <laughs> doing okay. I'm just, uh, I'm getting the, uh, I'm, I'm getting the pool installed and I'm going to fill it with gold doubloons like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I'll probably break my neck in the process when I try jumping into it. But uh, <laughs> there we go. Cartoons aren't real, folks. Don't, uh... What? <laughs> so anyway, I think there's been rumors of this like from last month. So I I yeah. don't think this is the first time. Well, it's definitely not the first time this has happened in Wednesday's history, recent history under Chancery. This no, has happened. It's not uh, the first time it's happened at Christmas. Yes, exactly. It happened last Christmas. So and then it happened in June. So mm. it's been three times, maybe in the calendar year. Yeah. This is the first time we've heard about the PFA being involved, isn't it, I think? Mm. Which I, I really love the idea of saying, you know, the PFA have come in. What are the PFA going to do? Uh, you should pay the players. Thanks, PFA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they still have, was he called Gordon Taylor? That guy off the FA Cup draw with that kind of voice. Is he still there at the PFA? <laughs> I'd like, to, oh, I'd like to speak to De- John Chancery, please. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Could you um, could you see to it to pair players, please? <laughs> PFA intervened. Bosh. <laughs> get get get, uh, get John Shuttleworth on it, is it, Rich? <laughs> yes, almost. Yeah, basically, it's basically the same. Um, <laughs> slightly higher pitched version of John Shuttleworth. Um, so th- there's ramifications, I think, with calling in the PFA, or they're supposed to be. Um, Rob Statton talked about on the call with Tony Pulis that that's supposed to come with a soft transfer embargo, for instance. Right. <sighs> well, so I don't, I don't I know don't how you would have the finances to make transfers or attract new players when you can't pay your existing players. But the the, the fact that this has happened so regularly, for me, makes it less worrying, weirdly, but also it's more inexplicable. Yeah. I don't I just don't understand. I'm trying to sort of gather any real life experiences that feed mm. into this this bizarre situation. Mm. I mean, 
co- co- businesses, companies do have pinch moments in years. Um, it does happen. You know, you know, one big project is closed off, and then it's a while before the next one starts, and things like that. I don't know if that's how it works in the tuna world. You know, when they're between between tuners, I don't <laughs> don't know. Like tunas are ma- tuna fish are between, massive between two tunas. <laughs> Featuring uh, Dead from Chancery being interviewed by Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> between between too much tuna, um, <laughs> which is Dead John Chancery and uh, George St. Geeklin to get being interviewed by. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Dilf Hazan. Um, sorry, Damn too many niches. <laughs> it's. So it's very strange. Obviously, though, the thing that we can, the thing that we have noticed, the thing that we that has been marked is the difference in performances. So we had that, we had that a couple of weeks ago. We were we were assessing that performance against Norwich, saying you know this was this was a tough result to take, but actually the performance was good. It felt like there was lots of promising elements to take from that, and we were almost excited on the Welmer meter. We'd almost got kicked off. We'd almost got off the bottom of the Wellman meter. Yeah. Um, we now learn that is then when the players learned they weren't getting paid or, or they weren't getting paid at that, you know, they weren't going to be paid yet or whatever it ends up being. And the form fell off a cliff. Mm. So we went from that, those prom- that promising glimmer, you know, what, what the future might be into a, another successive nosedive and that's where yeah. we, we lost 2-0 to Huddersfield with just so little fight put up and then we had the 2-1 loss to, to Barnsley which was a little bit more uh, what we're used to in that it was a okay-ish performance let down by individual which errors it, it made Huddersfield feel a bit like I'm going to use this kind of terrible analogy here like having some really bad news but then you still plan to go to the gym anyway you're like, well, I may as well just go and just run on the treadmill for a bit, really. Yeah, yeah. It felt a bit like the 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 mentality was like, well, you know, I was planning on doing some exercise that night by running around the pitch a little bit. So, you know, I might as well go and do it and get, you know, get my oranges and Haribo at half time. The, the the fact it's successive sort of Christmas periods is is very. I've also got a vague memory that it might this might be the third christmas where this has happened I, I i may i may be wrong in that but we definitely know that it's been the last two and that does make you wonder whether it is a regular sort of thing like you know is there an overspend on christmas presents um <laughs> uh, or is it you know i don't know you know is it a change of tax year or i just i don't know uh, uh, once again, we're in the position of we know so little as fans. We we are forced to wildly flail around and speculate. Um, and at some point, hopefully, we will learn the story of what is happening behind the scenes. But probably not till all of these people are dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Do we want to talk about this weekend's match, Luke? Yes, let's get on a more positive Yay! note. All of the... <clears throat> we've cast aside uh, a vast majority of the negativity. Still a bit of negativity to come, folks. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, you're not uh, out of the negative woods yet. Not out of the negative woods yet. Um, can I just say, looking at the lineup as well, just to kind of tie together a few things, uh, here's some abandoned text I wrote as 
Bozo de Baggio was outside of the was out of the lineup, was not in the mm-hmm. squad. So I've got some more ideas how de Baggio can improve on his congratulating the opposition. So what one thing he could do, Rich, is he could try and do the low five to one of the scoring commentary players and then withdraw his hand in the psych and run it through his hair. He could do that. <laughs> Um, a second way of doing is also picture this. Wednesday lose 4-0 to Coventry. At the end of the game, he goes to present Tyler Walker with the match ball for scoring a perfect hat-trick. And then the last minute, he hills it towards the touchline saying, why don't you fetch your match ball, loser? <laughs> La- laughing and thinking of the prospects of his trip to Jack Fulton's after the game for his measly and thrifty Christmas dinner shop on his much-reduced wedge. <laughs> Most of the Bajo are very own Paulie Shaw. <laughs> Oh dear! Yeah, well there you go. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure he was getting ready to do those things, waiting mm. in the wings in his full kit, like uh, John Terry at the Champions League final. <laughs> <laughs> and again, problematic association with John Terry. Exactly. It's funny. Oh, have we ever seen Moses Adepacho and John Terry in the same place? <laughs> I don't think we have, no, Rich. No, um, I just, well, I'm just saying. I'll, I'll leave you to uh, tie up the loose ends. <laughs> really, uh, you really, really QAnoning this Mazadabajo, uh, John Terry <laughs> uh, Westwood back, dropped back into the lineup, which was a bit of yeah. a surprise. We were hearing rumours that he might be out over the Christmas period, but um, yeah, straight back in there. <laughs> to be and honest, a welcome that, return. I, when you set out over the Christmas period, not also joining Adebayo down uh, Jack Fulton's <laughs> a thrifty Christmas shop. Uh, but I, I, I was quite pleased to see a change there because I do feel like, unfortunately, Wildsmith has caught the Wednesdays and um, just just started <laughs> handing goals away uh, willy nilly. Uh, which seems to be what happens if you spend more than five goal- games in a row in the goal at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, nice to see Palmer back as well. I was really pleased to see mm. that um, he, he sort of came in at the left-sided centre-back of the of that three. Right. Because um, I was wondering whether it was going to be a 3-5-2 or whether it was just going to be Palmer at right-back and then Shaw at left-back. Mm. And, you know, I said, lineups a bit wacky, no idea of formation, but I don't care anymore. Uh, sure, left back or a three-five-two. Will it matter? I also said I wonder if Westwood will injure himself again or just pull out minutes before the game. I wouldn't fancy it either, Kieran. <laughs> oh dear. Um, we also went with two up top, which is mm. a bit of a change. So Patterson and uh, Windass were the the two up top, and that midfield three. It was the same midfield three as played uh, midweek. But Shaw was very much the kind of furthest forward out of the three, which was Bannon's job midweek, and he failed utterly at it. Um, I don't think Shaw covered himself in glory midweek either. Um, so swapping those two around, I think, paid dividends. I thought we really saw it gave Bannon more space to operate, which is what he always craves. That's why he ends up sitting on the centre-back so often, is he just wants space to to work and think um and i thought shaw had a really positive influence on moving the ball forward linking the midfield and 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 attack that the it wasn't this was by no means a kind of attacking tour de force but the the good moments we had i thought particularly in the first round uh, first half were shaw was generally in the midst of things kind of 
adding that extra touch or pass, uh, getting the the um, exposed defenders. Um, so <laughs> it was a bit of an inauspicious start again. I think mm. commentary had two I, decent efforts in the first ten minutes. But yeah, go on. Sorry. Can I mention something from the beginning which I really enjoyed? Um, I I so I, I you know obviously I, I just came out with some jokes about Kieran Westwood and you know sounding a bit critical, but uh, you know in the warm up the camera focused on him crouching down. And, and he uh, put a towel over his head. And, always, uh, yeah. I was wondering if he was having a hearty pre-match cry. He's one <laughs> of our own, Rich. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> get it, get it in early, as he says in his Irish brogue. <laughs> but he was called into action fairly early. Nice save. Um, didn't palm it out to to the penalty spot which I noticed that was an interesting move from him. Mm. Innovation at the back there. <laughs> um, we had the customary rubbish Bannon shot uh, at about the 11 minute mark. I don't have, I don't have lots of minute to minute uh, things, but best chance of the half, both or both best chances, both fell to Windass. I thought on our behalf, um, the 24th minute, he sort of took that extra touch that he didn't need to after Harris's cutback. And if he hit, if he hit it first time, he probably had a decent opportunity, but the defender closed him down well after he took his touch. Um, and then he also had an an effort from the edge of the box where Shaw, well, Reach crossed it in, and Shaw kind of took a heavy touch that was that was wasn't particularly well cleared. Uh, and Windass sort of skewed the ball wide from that effort. Um, anything else stand out to you from the first half? I've got a lot of notes. Oh, here we go. <laughs> uh, a lot of notes from the first half, much less in the second. Okay. Um, I'm the opposite. 14 seconds. Oh, that's good. You can uh, you can, you can can uh, pick up. I'll you can have the... loads of notes all the way through the match, folks. Yay. Yay. I'll like hand you the baton at half time. Um, 14 second corner. We did nothing with it, but excited to get it forward quickly. That was an unexpected Christmas present. Maybe they've been paid, is my question. <laughs> Resent commentary being referred to in the, on the commentary as the Sky Blues were in their away kits. Um, did they save some money by just rebadging one of the old Blackburn away kits from previous seasons? I don't know. They are th- that is their nickname. To be fair, I think the Sky Blues. It is. It is. But it just. But, yeah, seem. I know what you mean. Also, do you sometimes get a bit disgusted by the hashtag for play up Sky Blues because it's Pussby? <laughs> is that just me? Uh- I haven't noticed that, but I do know, you know, we are once again, we're in the Midlands and I know how you feel, particularly about clubs in the West Midlands. So <laughs> we're on, we're on that territory. <laughs> we just, they, they, they've earned your ire through many yeah. years of middling so efforts. One of my early premonitions is I understand we have Pulis, but I'm really going to resent losing to Mark Robbins as though it's 2008. Yeah. Yeah. It's staggering. He's still going and still doing stuff. It's, I mean, fair yeah. point, it's it's just really weird because I just I I kind of associate I, I still associate Mark Robbins with kind of Rotherham in the late noughties. Mm. Was it Rotherham? It was managing Rotherham, right? I think so. He's managed yeah. almost everybody by now, hasn't he? He's very much a journeyman manager, isn't he? Yes, and everywhere um, everywhere he goes, they go. But remember, he scored that goal that saved Fergie. That saved Fergie. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, he must be a good manager then. 
if he had the wherewithal to save one of the greatest to managers in English Fergie. football. Yes. Uh, the fourth minute I enjoyed Joey P. Fowlson and does a little flourish with a little jump afterwards, like he's in West Side Story. Do you remember that one? <laughs> I do. That was, yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> Um, seventh minute, I said, why are we contemplating giving more years to Tom Lees? He's so shaky. <clears throat> I wrote that after the throw-in that Coventry took. Seemed to be something you'd never seen before. Right. <clears throat> they gave us a few hairy moments with uh, with uh, throws mm. today. We also had our almost best, our almost only positive thing to come out of one of our long throws today as well. So it's a big mm. day for the long throw fanatics. Big day for long throw fanatics. Uh, a lot of karate kick half volley clearances from Dunkley and, Dunkley and Lees. Mm. Uh, West was playing against his old club as well in Coventry. This is all a bit of time course, warpy. Yeah. Um, I just want to say I love Callum Patterson. I love his cheeky excuses to the referee. I love his bizarrely graying hair. I love him cleaning the ball for a throw in like Jesus in the Big Lebowski. Love him. <laughs> Also, he's got this. He does it. I thought he just did it at the start of games, but he does it each half where he like rubs the grass and then rubs it all over his face. Yes. As if to say, I don't have hay fever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I thought we were a bit unfortunate with that um, because that was that was the uh, Coventry keeper kind of spunking it out Mm. under a little bit of pressure for a throw in. And then I think the referee gave it to gave it as a free kick, as though he'd been fouled. Yeah, yeah. But actually, like uh, Patterson, I think was kind of defending. As I think you know Pearson and Rob O'Neill were saying on the Wednesday commentary that basically, you know, it was actually the keeper kind of kicked backwards into Patterson. Yes. On his kind of yeah. wind up, so that was a bit weird. Um, I you talked about the the twenty three minute. It was a disappointing. That was a disappointing shot from Windass. Yeah, but great, great work, and great footwork from Shaw and Harris. It was really lovely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was something really special. I, it was enjoyable all game. Harris against their um, who would it have been? McCallum, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McCallum. Harris against McCallum was just an enjoyable tussle all game because they're both clearly like great runners with uh, with and without the ball, and um, their, their sort of back and forth at both ends of the pitch was was really blood and thunder all the way through. It was really good to watch. Uh, the 34th minute, Lee's fouls by throwing himself sexually at Tyler Walker. <laughs> uh, needless, thanks, TJ. Luckily, Coventry spunk it into our wall. Um, can, can we talk about... I, I, I still don't know how I think about this, and maybe I'm going to kind of think about this by discussing it with you, Rich. The okay. 37th minute, there's a head injury, and Boomy goes down. Yeah. And, like, he needs to go off. And when we had possession... So we just kind of let the ball run so he could get treated. So the referee gave us a drop ball, which they then contested. I know. It should have just been a free kick to us. I, I was really glad to see that Coventry had some sportsmanship to give it us back. Well, that was the thing, wasn't it? At least they kind of corrected it. But it's. I think this caused so much confusion with this because, as you say, it should be. If you're in possession, you should just get a free kick. Mm. It shouldn't be a drop ball. And I think the drop ball... I- element confuses things i don't know what the law should be regarding head injuries but if you've bashed your head i think you should just go off the pitch for a bit and then be checked and then kind of ascertain as to whether it's anything you know if, you, if you're so serious about yeah sport, well he didn't then... even go, he didn't get checked by anybody did he no he just went off the pitch for a brief second then he was back on i think that the, the physio came out but the physio like came going out? down 
But that's the. Th this is the bit of cheating now. Is you hold your exactly. head. Exactly. This is wh where it would be good if we actually have. Right. It should yeah. be the rule that if you hold your head, you have to go through a rigorous check. But it's become the new way of cheating because they t they had two players down. They just wanted to stop our momentum. Two players went down at once. He then thought, well, if I hold my head, the ref will blow the whistle. It's yeah. just cheating. There's nothing wrong exactly. with him. Exactly. He didn't need his head checked. But if there was the punishment of, well, Take now you need to go off and have yeah. a proper look, you know, get your eyes checked, go through the questions, check how your neck's feeling, there would, there would be a repercussion to just holding your head when you're there's no no head injury um yeah anyway i mean i wouldn't like dunkley sort of bouncing off the back of me either but um <laughs> there was just no you know that it's cheat it's using the rules yes. to force the ref into it's like grabbing the ball when you go down but you're never going to get a foul given against you because the ref can't be like no get up and then if you're you know you have some repercussions of not being checked but it has to be forced enforced if you hold your head you need a, a thorough check on your um concussion it would stop it being this kind of easy go-to to to, to to call a halt to things or at least it would add a penalty to calling a halt exactly yeah that was and that's sure. really kind of about the stuff from the first half I'm I, say. I did say my, my highlight of the half, I should say the positive influence of Liam Shaw, but really it was Ostergaard busting his nose off the back of Patterson's head and Patterson not even feeling it happen. <laughs> like like a gnat, like a, like a gnat dying on a car windscreen. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it was one, it felt a bit of one of those familiar halves where yeah. Maybe slightly edged it in terms of the chances, but it was very even. Um, I, I thought it like the first 20, 25 minutes were really good from Wednesday. I thought the last 20 were still okay. Mm. We're still kind of positive. But again, the problem I had at like halftime, um, also halftime comment as well, uh, weirdly the club played some 41 at halftime. <laughs> is, that, is that because that's our points total aim? <laughs> was it in too deep? No, it was uh, the lead-off hit single. Uh, that one. You know, is that the one? Oh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, okay. The one where they joke about coming from a country so small. Yes. You know, as, a, as a Canadian. The bright light, my name was El Nino. Yeah. <laughs> you make it sound like it's some jazz pop single for a second there, Rich. Through own house party because nobody gave it. Yeah. yeah, 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 that one. Yeah, um, and that so, is how you win the heart of Avril Lavigne. Exactly. <laughs> Being called Derek Wibley. Um, so yeah, great moments first half. But again, I'm, I'm coming into that area where I'm like, I'm, I'm worried that we're just that was the best we can do, and any kind of half chances and opportunities and passages of play, we just wasted. You know, I I never. There was that vague feeling, yeah. That how many more of these can we possibly carve out against uh, against our will and the will of nature? Yeah. So you you know, I never think as a Wednesday half after after having a positive first half that we're going to see more of that in the second. It's either the players get tired, um, they suck too hard at those oranges in the changing room, <laughs> or, the other, or the other team gets wise to what we're doing, and then we have no way of coming back from that. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's uh... and I'm also worried by myself that I know the advert sequence off ahead. So after the energy <laughs> advert, 
I start humming the Mitre Ball advert, the one that about <laughs> how much everybody wants to knob this football. <laughs> like, why you is know, the, you know, we we talk, well, I mean, we've talked at length about the Papa John's advert, but why is it so much louder than all of the other adverts? really annoys me it's like three or four times louder than anything else and so obnoxious um well second half we had a, we had a classic reach reach cross that didn't get no we didn't get on the end of but it did cause havoc and really should have scored from that that corner that came dunkley and lees were both above their man and it was a good cross in from bannon um that should we should have done better with that uh windas had a decent effort on the 58th minute where he, he kind of made it himself um, the ball mm. just dropped off the defenders and he he used his little pocket of space to to hit one on target wasn't too much of a challenge to the keeper but not a bad try um we did have a few lucky escapes in terms of their chances uh and in particular there was one that liam palmer cleared off the lines yeah. although i think watching it from behind i think westwood probably would have got it i think he knew that Palmer was there and kind of held back. I think, I think if he'd extended his arm, he probably would have saved it. But you've got to just make sure in that situation, and, and Liam Palmer did, and that's the main thing. Um, oh, Harris did a Harris on the 63rd minute. It was a pretty mm. poor Harris because he had better options available. Um, he did left-footed Harris, having broken in from the right, and then we made a weird change. Rhodes on for sure. Yeah. <sighs> was a strange one for me <laughs> yeah yeah it was because Shaw had been so good um I think he hadn't had quite the influence in the second half that he'd had in the first so maybe there is a case there for making a change but again I think I probably want to see something more like for like in that like it's Izzy Brown or something like that coming on mm. uh but we re- sort of reshuffled when Rhodes came on so Patterson dropped into the midfield and and sort of took up the role that Shaw had been playing um he did have a thundering effort from there as well, but it went straight at a Coventry player who's, um, I don't know what, how they will be feeling about life after that, but it looked like he struck it very, very well. And I imagine it's not particularly pleasant to be on the end of a Patterson uh, effort. Um, so then we, it's 67th minute, we, we got the goal and it was another poor clearance from their goalkeeper. Um, he made several of those. We didn't punish enough of them. But this one, Bannon got on the end of, was cynically taken out by Ostergaard. Um, and then he put in a really great cross for Tom Lees to, to head home. Uh, I immediately get nervous when we score now because it's something to lose. Yes. <laughs> Are you the same? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and we did almost immediately hand it back to them. Uh, the next bit of play was them taking a very similar set piece and getting a very similar effort on target. But thankfully, Westwood saved it uh, onto the post. Um, that was a great piece of reaction from, it was. from the one after. But uh, yeah, let's go back and talk about that goal because I mean, it was. Please. You know, they had the, the moment of, I think, Harris and Bannon were standing over it. And then it looked like Harris was going to kind of put his foot through it and kind of look, you know, I don't know, try and curl it in, I guess. Yeah. And then they just kind of switched that. And then Harris dropped off. And then just a, a really beautiful float free kick from Bannon. And uh, Lees was there to just do really, really good header. It was. It was great. Good stuff. When he scores, you think he should score loads. Like he gets he into positions. More often. I know. And when he scores them, they, it looks so natural. Yep. He's a he's a real bundle of dichotomies as a player nowadays. Mm. 
I also then thought he I thought he was having a decent game prior to that, but he went into overdrive to defend the lead that he'd gone and won us. Um, he made a really... Well, I, I thought sorry. he was pretty average and pretty shaky in the first half, but I, I'm actually... Yeah, I, I again, dichotomy, I, I thought he was excellent in the second half. Really, he, really, he th- really good. He took personal responsibility, I think, for the goal for the lead that he'd given us, and he was not going to be the guy to to let it drop. Mm. Um, he made some really good blocks, some good headers. Uh, just nice to see. He looked every bit the captain. There was a, there was a there was another moment where he got isolated, and it looked like I can't remember who got. I presume it would have been Harris that got beat, but their player was kind of like breaking up the left wing. And Lees did a really good job of covering both channels himself and managed to just mm. calmly kind of block the pass before uh, before it went through to their man. Uh, so, yeah, that was nice to see him. Just felt like he immediately upped his game <laughs> having mm. scored. Uh, slightly worrying. We did pick up a few. It looks like we picked up a fair few knocks. Uh, and one in particular, Bannon, came off and was getting a nice big ice pack strapped around his thigh. Uh, yes. close to his knee um, he came off for Van Aken or what does uh, Pulis call him Juicy, <laughs> juicy. or Yossi <laughs> I don't know he had a nickname Juicy, juicy. juicy. I think it was Juicy wasn't it oh no um, he got the T in there it's not quite uh, Juicy yeah it's not quite uh, Juice ain't worth a squeeze if a juice don't look like this <laughs> by, by Tom Lizzo we then had we maybe should have gone a goal another goal Ahead, Windass was played through really well by Reach. I was mm. waiting for the flag to go up. I, he did look offside to me, but um, the the linesman kept his flag down, so it meant that Windass had a one on one. But the goalkeeper did a did a good job making himself big. Uh, I thought Jordan Rhodes did a really good job of hiding behind two defenders, so that he was never a viable option for a pass. And <laughs> Windass just hit it straight at the keeper, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, that, that could have made it very nice and comfortable for the remaining five minutes if, we, if we'd grabbed that second one. Um, that was pretty much it. I mean, we, t- we threw on Kachunga for Windass late on and he did a bit of running around. Um, I liked, we talked about um, uh, the Norwich game. One of the things that happened was Wildsmith's kicking dropped off as the pressure of the end of the game started to mount, he started giving possession away cheaply. I did. I really liked Westwood's sort of inside-out free kick that just it went straight out of play, but it was as deep into the commentary half yes. as possible. It was very yes, like yes, rugby-esque yes. in uh, in in what he did on the on the sort of ninety-fifth minute, um, and just incredible to uh, they had their one last throw long throw into the box probably the one we dealt with the best out of all of them Mm. um and yeah incredible to get a win over the line uh such a relief (sighs) wow i still can't believe it's true i kind of keep going back and looking at the match report and being like oh yeah yeah it's it's a goal scored for wednesday zero scored for coventry yeah look again look at look in the rule book that's a win (laughs) And we're off the bottom on goal difference, which is all you know. It's positives all round. Obviously, we'll we'll go on to to give players uh, ratings, but I, I, I wanted to sort of single out a couple of people for for praise. I thought well, we touched on Lee's. Obviously, grabbing the goal is fantastic. He then um, went into overdrive defensively and looked looked every bit the captain of your. Um, I thought Westwood really covered himself in a lot of glory today. I thought we felt his experience. Um, there was a ball late on where he sort of came and got it and just 
it was no fuss, you know, and, and those moments are big for the defence. You need moments of relief and respite and reset, make sure everybody's where they need to be. Um, we've had too many games where the, the the momentum and the sort of the weight of the moment has just added and added and added. And actually, <clears throat> goalkeepers have a big part to play in. Do you know what? I catch the ball and then I drop to my knees and I have a look around. That buys us... 10, 20, 30 seconds um, and make sure the pass doesn't go straight to the opposition. That buys us another 10, 20, you know, it's all little, it would be nice to be in a position where we're not thinking about whiling the clock away, but we are not in that position. We're bottom of the league and it's all so important. And I thought there were just so many moments where for all the criticism and all the question marks around goalkeeping at the goal, at the club, um, I, I, I felt Westwood's presence. I felt, his assurance and I, and I felt his his impact on the rest of the defence. Um, the other person I'm going to praise, you may not agree with me here, but again, it's doing a job that means that their star player goes unnoticed. I thought Pelu Pessi absolutely. <laughs> did a number of, yeah. um, O'Hare is their is their star player. Uh, I've watched almost all of their highlights. O'Hare gets goals. He sets up goals. He's the guy that kind of marks. He's a bit like their Bannon. He didn't play today. You know, he barely got a touch of the game, the ball. Mm. And I think, I think that was due to little Joey doing his job very well. Um, so there you go. That's my that's my summation. Are we going to get some folks? Sure. I thought that was interesting about her because it, it seemed like a lot of the camera was was you know cut into him flicking his foppish hair around in frustration. Yes. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's um, raise some players. Do it. Uh, let's go to that guy, that Irish chap, Kieran Westwood. Welcome back, Kieran Westwood. Welcome back, Kieran Westwood of y'all. Yeah. You know, so so much of this was, you know, a game in 2020, but so much of this was trapped in uh, the late noughties, you know. And this was this was yeah. really, really, really great stuff from Kieran Westwood. I'm going to go for 7.5 for Westwood. Good call. I was very, very impressed with just his, just it. It's just night and day when he's on song. You know, if he's not making any clangers and yeah. he's doing usual stuff that he does, you know, he's a very, very competent championship keeper. And we just looked so much more assured. I thought he did really well when he was called into action. Um, that save from that free kick we mentioned, I thought was yeah. really good reaction from him. Um, also did some good covering to. I know that one where Dunkley nearly scored an own goal. And I just, I, I don't really want to think about what it would have been like if we'd seen Dawson or Wildsmith on the end of any of those chances. No. He just made it look very, very comfortable and very easy. Um, his, his kicking was quite good. I was, thought so too. It was much better than what we've seen from other goalkeepers. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, really, really good. Say, the luxury of of not really noticing a lot of what the goalkeeper does is something we just have not have not been able to enjoy of late. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think it was funny. I, I don't know if this was taken as gospel, but it, it seemed to say in one of the, maybe it was Yorkshire Live, I think. I don't think it was a star, but they seemed to reveal that Pulis wanted once a left-back holding midfielder, a winger and a striker. Okay. Could sign players. And initially I was a bit disappointed to see that and say, what, no goalkeeper? Mm. Uh, I'm really, really hoping that I don't know. I don't think Westwood's going to be. I'd like to think Westwood could do this every week at this stage in his career. Um, I'm still going to be a little bit. I'm going to say that with a little bit of salt. 
you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but for now, it's a really good performance. I hope at the least between between two of the three of them, I, I don't really feel, I think Dawson has seriously blocked his copyright at Sheffield Wednesday. He's also but, I mean, right now, hasn't he? A knee in, he's had surgery on his knee or something? Yeah, he's, he's out for six wing ridiculous. So, I mean, we won't see him for a while anyway. That's why. It's okay, because he's got another two years, two and a half years on his contract. Three years, two and a half years. But maybe between Westwood and Wildsmith, we can get enough out of them, kind of whoever's deputizing to kind of hopefully get us over some line. Fingers crossed. I'm hoping. I'm really hoping we. it's more consistent from Westwood and he has a spell of run and, you know, Touchwood doesn't pick up any injuries or doesn't pull any huge clangers. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, the, the previous game where, you know, he only did the one clanger as opposed to multiple clangers we've seen for yes, years. Yes. So yeah. maybe that's a big positive. But today was fantastic and definitely reminded us of, you know, who Kieran Westwood is as a goalkeeper. That's it, isn't it? It felt like... Hopefully he can still keep performing to those standards. You know, I don't think it was an excellent performance. I think I, I've seen much better performances from Kieran Westwood. But this felt like a steady, consistent, decent performance yeah. we would, you know, rely on from him when he was in his prime and his pomp with his previous. So I congratulations. I really hope it's more more of the same from Kieran Westwood. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm. Uh what about Tom Lee's? Was he was he TJ Max? TJ he was TJ Max with two X's. Um, oh, I don't know because I I didn't think he was too great in the first half. It's, yeah, um, but I I think we're gonna have to because it you know he scored a goal he did really brilliant with that and then yeah he just went up to he just put it into fifth gear yeah after that and just so many of my notes are like 87th minute great inception by Tom Lees I'm kind of yeah. going backwards now um I think just after the 79th again he was doing he did a nice flick on from a, a Patterson throw in at the 79th minute um did a great block on the 74th minute yeah, yeah just yeah. every bit every bit of great captain performance and stepping up some of the best homilies. That's a TJ Maxx with two X's, which is uh, an eight out of 10. Nice. <laughs> I think he's my man of a match. I'm going to say. Yeah, I think that's on his 250th appearance for the club as well. Wow. Oh, there you go. Mm. Special occasion and a special performance, or at least a special second half. Uh, what about Shay Dunkley? Dunkley was decent. I thought he was good. Um, yeah, I just I I think it you know he's he's a talker, isn't he? He's a bit of a leader and yeah, and you know we've it's a shame that prior to this, because of his injury and because of his re- rehabilitation, you know he's he's done all the talking on Twitter. You know <laughs> we've seen yeah. like just an incredibly infectious character. He's incredibly positive. He seems to have the mentality down pat. He he just seems to have every bit of that in his locker for being a defender. You know, he's got a bit of athleticism to him. He seems organized. He seems to be a talker. Mm. Um, he 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 did enough today. I think it's a seven. It's a seven out of ten for me. Nice. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah, I still don't quite know what to make of him overall. But yes, yes. But I'm I'm glad he's there. And obviously, I mean, what goodness knows what we would have done if he hadn't sort of got himself uh, up to fitness for for this period of time because we are. We're a bit bereft at the back in terms of players sure. being available. So it, we we need him, and um, I also don't think he's doing anything particularly wrong. It just I don't have that 
he doesn't have a kind of quiet assurance about him. Like a good performance from from Bernie, you just feel like he's kind of quietly in control of everything. Mm. Um, they're very different players. I don't know why I'm really comparing the two, but they obviously play the same position. Yeah, uh, Dunkley's more, you know, lead from the front sort of guy. Um, and I guess there's bound to be the odd ricket within that because it's just a different way of playing, being kind of all action. Um, what about uh, Liam Palmer? Liam Palmer's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I got really worried when he was down, clutching his knee. Yes, that was that made me very, very worried because I just, I, yeah, I thought he did pretty, he was pretty decent. He's pretty solid. I think we always know what we're getting with Liam. I think he's always the works up express is always. He's always always running and always pretty much on time, you know, for a commuter train Liam Palmer. <laughs> I think I particularly like him one side of the three. Yes. In a, in a centre back three. Yeah. Uh, it seems to bring the it's like the best of all worlds because he can get there's the odd moment to get forward, but only when he feels absolutely comfortable doing it. Um he adds pace at the back he's he's relatively he's not a rapid player in the way that somebody like harris is but he's got a turn of pace that i think most people don't have um and he's just very yeah very assured Uh, he seems to be comfortable clearing with both feet and so being on the left side doesn't seem to cause him a huge uh, extra issue either um Mm. just a very solid dependable footballer and uh i like seeing seeing him there when this in the starting lineup um, did you happen on a score for him? Seven. Seven. Uh, I'm going to take the wing backs next. So I'm going to go Kadeem Harris. Kadeem Harris. Um, this is interesting. I because it, it's just funny because it's just not a player who I seem to remember a great deal from in the game. Yeah. Um, he had that opportunity in the first half where he just he went across it and he just absolutely spooned it into the cop. Um, you mentioned. Had... Yeah, sorry, go you stop. mentioned that opportunity in the second. And he could have had an assist for if Windass had just hit that ball in first time. Yeah, that was a really good moment, wasn't it? That was a yeah, great that was a good... build-up and interplay with Shaw. Yeah. Um, I think I might have to go with 6.5. Okay. I don't think he did quite enough to get a 7. I, I sometimes worry with Harris because, I again, it feels a bit like Bannon. I feel like we rely on him so much. He plays so many minutes of football. It is astonishing just how much he's played for Sheffield Wednesday. Kadeem Harris. There's never a moment where he's not under pressure either, you know, like like Bannon, that you feel that the rest of the team sort of look to them all the time as well. Mm. Um, like Harris is almost like he's given the ball and then everyone waits to see how he does and then maybe commits forward, uh, which means he's very yeah. well got good support around him. Uh, but yeah, I think as a winger, you've got to be judged on end product. Yeah. Again, I think defensively he did a really nice job today. He's um, he's really good at that bit of being a wingback, like much better than he has any right to be. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that's again nice to see. Uh, what about Adam Reach on the on the opposite flank? I feel I have to probably go with the same. I think it's also six point five. Yeah, you know, I, I I think there are days when we get we get a lot from the um, you know the Reachberry, the Adam Reachberry. And some sometimes days he's full of pips. Sometimes he's full of pips, exactly. Which maybe Pulis <laughs> likes because he loves his pip juice. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I. It wasn't. I, I. We've had. We've had a few games where he's had that. It just in insanely good end product. Yeah. You know, he's come up with just two absolutely phenomenal assists. 
you know, in recent recent history. And uh, I did think he put in a cross of a very similar caliber, uh, but just it seemed to end up, unfortunately, between our two players in the box rather than being right on their noggin as it was the last couple of times. Mm. But uh, yeah, I think I think six point five is uh, is a good is a good call. Uh, let's go for the kind of the base of that midfield in Joey Pelopesi. I I thought Pelopesi was good. I, I I don't know if I'd have gone quite as high as maybe you would have done in your kind of reading of the game. Because, you know, on brand, Luke doesn't like Joey Pelopesi. Um, <laughs> but I, I thought it was a 7 out of 10. Yeah. I, I thought it did pretty well. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't quite fully watch enough of Joey Pelopesi as you did to see that he was nullifying O'Hare, but I I take your word for it quite heartedly. But I thought he was outside of that without kind of looking at that that real benefit. I thought he was decent, you know. Yeah. Um, let's go to Bannon next. Barry Bannon. Ban- Bannon, I'm going to go for a 7.5. I nice. thought Bannon was pretty good for this game, but I, I think the thing that really made the difference is having that assist. Yeah. Uh, but also all of his set pieces, deliveries, were, re- were pretty decent today. They were pretty decent. Yeah, I no. wonder if they're not the biggest team. It felt like today we kind of mm. had more of a threat in that regard. I don't, but I don't that's, know. Well, that's interesting. I don't remember. I don't seemingly remember many Coventry players being, you know, six foot, seven yeah. foot. You know, a lot of them are very. They seem to be a, a team of a lot of small, creative, talented players. Certainly, yeah. that, that midfield unit's all like little. Yeah, little little worker bees, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, Liam Shaw. Shaw was good. I like Shaw. Shaw, I'm disappointed he went off, but because yeah. uh, I, I don't know. It's interesting to say sometimes say you know oh we didn't have an he didn't have much of a impact in the second half, but also sometimes from my reading and also especially for that, I'm glad you made notes for the second half because a period till the 63rd minute I didn't do much really i'll be honest yeah i didn't see much of what was going on in the game so so i'm bit on the flip side of that to, to kind of finish off that point is to kind of say well not really much of the second half has kind of elapsed really like yeah. 18 minutes is a, still a fair chunk of the game but felt like we were still kind of warming up and i felt like things were going quite well because in that second half just you know everything just really expanded yeah you know including for coventry as well for us as well so mm-hmm. Um, you know, I liked his work in the first half. I love that moment with that great kind of footwork, you know, <laughs> saying on the commentary, Rob O'Neill and John Pearson, Rob O'Neill was saying to Pearson, don't say the term, oh, I don't know if it was either way around, but one of them said to the other, don't say the term good feet for a big lad. Yes, yeah, Pearson was telling Rob off for saying it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> which is a good point, but I think that's the interesting thing is that we've got you know, we have we have Shoei, uh, we have Alex Hunt, we have FDB, who's not really one of our academy, but still a young player yeah. at the club, and they've both been kind of cast aside for Liam Shaw. Well, uh, there, was, there was talk about Shaw getting a new contract, and part of that being that Pulis feels he's got the right attributes to become a, a solid first-team player. I think we know what that means, don't we? Particularly <laughs> what does that mean? Well, particularly when it when it's Tony Pulis saying it, he means he's a big lad. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 
I think Shaw is uh, obviously he's tall. I don't know quite how tall he is, but he's also seems quite well built. He's not slight. You know, sometimes you see a kid come through the academy and they look they look like a little boy. Shaw has never looked like a little boy. I bet he's like he's been able to buy beer for probably five years. You know, he's that sort of lad in a way because <laughs> he's massive and he's kind of filled out. He has he has he has the body of a man, um, even as he's kind of. Uh, still an immature player Physic- physicality wise he's not going to have any trouble st- you know stepping in amongst uh, these first team players I think that part of the problem for someone like Alex Hunt is he still looks quite slight and slim and he's short which I would be very surprised if he gets much game time at all under Tony Pulis um, D- Deli Bashiru's got more of a chance because he he you know for want of a better word he has a he he, he looks a bit of a unit it's just mm. how he uses it uh but yeah i think the standout thing from short is he is obviously six foot plus um which is it's your starter for 10 really uh, under tony pulis what, uh, what what score is he ending up with today he got a seven seven nice uh let's go to patterson next as soon as he spent some time in the midfield second half yeah, Patterson was was good, you know, Celtic Bambino. Celtic <laughs> Bambino. Um, yeah, I like what he does. I like everything that he does, pretty much. I, you know, he's been the best part of Sheffield Wednesday consistently. Yeah. You know, this season, since he's arrived at the club. I don't seemingly ever remember a bad performance from him. I think he's always got something to offer us. So, it was good. Maybe not as good as some of the other performances. Yeah, I appreciate but that. He, he, still did a, he still did a decent job. Good O. Um, yeah, I tend to agree. I, I, mm. I, I like him being there. I thought it was strange <coughs> seeing him dropped midweek. Mm. Um, and obviously it was the sort of first sub that was made to kind of correct that. So that, that um, made sense. Uh, Trumpy bum. I'm going to go for a six for Windows. Um, I don't know. It's difficult with Windows because I like him a lot as a player. I think he has a lot of attributes that work really well for us. Right now, you know he's our he's on number nine, really. Yeah. You know yeah. it's 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 eighteen one plus eight equals nine. Um, it's not eight minus one equals seven. It's not one <laughs> minus eight becomes minus seven. You know, yes. it's not one times eight becomes eight. <laughs> I could carry on. I think you get the idea. Um, I think I do get the idea. We want him to score goals, and I I know he can, but it's just he's not making. He's not making very good decisions right now. I thought, yeah, obviously he had he had a really good chance today, didn't he? That one that Harris played to him. Yes. That's the best chance we made all game. And he should have done better with it, definitely. Mm. I thought uh, it was interesting on the commentary. They, they seemed to mention that maybe he thought he had too much time. I think it was too much time for him to make a decision. Because I, I think... I think what he probably wanted to do was to probably play it into Rhodes. Yes. But, but Rhodes wasn't anywhere. He in a, perfectly Rhodes was in a really bad position. Yeah. Who knew that Rhodes was so good at maths? Because he perfectly triangulated exactly where to stand so that <laughs> those two Coventry players could completely block him. Yes, exactly. And then he had the audacity to like moan that he hadn't been past there. Yeah. Frustrating. But that, uh, well, let's... But I feel like if maybe Windus it's a positive day, let's not de- dig into sure. the negatives. But, but I mean, if he, yeah, I, I wonder about whether Windus should have basically just slammed it first time, which he normally 
that's the thing, isn't it? He normally doesn't need a second invitation to hit it in those situations. Mm. But, but as you say, maybe the fact that he had someone right there alongside him added an extra decision into his process that actually was unhelpful. Like if he'd been on his own, I've no doubt that he would have just hit it early because that's what he tends to do. One of the best things about him is that he tends to strike it early with very little backlift, which makes things hard for goalkeepers. Even efforts from distance, he sort of stretches goalkeepers with. Um, but obviously having a man alongside him, I think he was thinking, I'll, I'll lay it off to him. But Rhodes, the player that was side by side with Windass, Rhodes was sort of in line with so that the pass wasn't easy. And then yeah. he had the other defender exactly mm-hmm. between him and the goal. So if Rhodes had pulled away to the back post or come forward to the near post, it, it made any sort of strikers run. I think that, yeah, we may well have been looking at a very easy tap in, but mm. I, do, I don't understand why he is an ever present substitute under Pulis. I, I find it, he must be seeing something that is escaping me as an observer of the game because I'd almost rather anybody else. Mm. But he's the only other recognised striker, though, isn't he? That's a problem. But, I mean, what... And I also wonder about... That's only because he can't do anything else. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, Kachunga is no worse than him at being a striker. It's just he's quick enough and got enough skill to play other positions on the pitch. I'm sure he can make a passable cheese toasty in the the cafeteria. (laughs) So maybe he could do that, to be fair. Maybe he could be... uh, Getting slicing up the oranges and getting those pips out for uh, for Tony <laughs> in the dressing room. Maybe that's what he could do. I've prepared your oranges as you like them, sir. <laughs> All flesh and pith is gone, just the pips. Should we move on talking about Jordan Rhodes then, Rich? No! He was the first, he was the yeah, first substitute, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, I've got a little, a little comment. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, he's, um, he's the only player that's got a 10 out of 10 rating from this podcast, right? May well be, yeah. Yeah, because he yeah he had his perfect hat trick right. That yeah, there we go. Um, I'm gonna go for a six for Rhodes. Um, here's my reason: that moment where he went for the ball in our half and fouled with a high boots. Now I don't <laughs> usually advocate forwards giving away silly fouls, but it's a vast improvement on its play. <laughs> I also like that moment right at the death where he battled and then won a free kick. I good. did like that. I, I did write down a classic uh, Rhodes foul, uh, which unfortunately we just... That was probably Palmer's uh, worst moment of the game was when he just thumped it out of play from that free kick. Mm. We'll do something clever and quick. Okay, they've, they've blocked that. They've blocked that. But we modified if we did the clever quick thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, such a so, good yeah. idea. It's worth having twice. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's just a, a broken clock thing with Rhodes. I think eventually, mind you, I wondered about that about Wednesday, just being so bad. Like a broken clock is right two times a day. Surely we can be a bit better, get a win more <laughs> often. A than perfect not. analogy. So. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, um, like a broken clock, we might. But it's like, I'm... but it's like the forward thing of he needs minutes. I'm like, I'm sure if we played enough game with Rhodes, he'd eventually do something positive. If we're really stretching to give a so obviously the foul that was a good that was a good moment for him. <laughs> if we're really the one, he, the one he gave away as well. Yeah, yeah. If we're really stretching to give another moment to him, um, 
I, I guess if Lee's misses his header, Rhodes was next. It would have been much harder. <laughs> he probably wouldn't have scored it, but he was there. Mm. 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 There you go. <laughs> Ah, dear. It's just so funny. It's been particularly... It's a a bit like uh, Rich Rich is the uh, defending lawyer at a court case for someone who's committed manslaughter. (laughs) Well, you know, if if my client would have done it, someone else would have anyway. (laughs) Someone else would have killed them anyway. (laughs) I rest my case, Your Honour. I rest my case, Your Honour. What was I going to say? It's just a particularly sort of cruel irony. I suppose, in part, it's my fault for, you know, dabbling in um, these, these occasional grotty streams. But you hear the other side's commentary team talking about Jordan Rhodes, worrying about Jordan Rhodes. Um, like Midweek, Forest, Jordan Rhodes. Yes, that Jordan Rhodes. And it's just the particular cruel irony of like, yeah, but no, he's not that Jordan Rhodes. Yeah. He's, he's this Jordan Rhodes. Wait till you see him. <laughs> it's like Elvis and his sort of Vegas, you know, Which... fat, fat, the fat days in Vegas kind of thing. You're like, yeah, you don't want to see him wiggling his hips, really. Um, he does the old moves, but whether he should or not is another question. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which he is takes... the thing with we got to. Well, no, it's just it's, it reminds me, Kieran Westwood, Jordan Rhodes. I I really hope that the stuff that Pulis is seeing on the training ground that merits them as I mean, it was a really great performance from Kieran Westwood, and I really hope there's yeah. more to come of the same ilk, similar ilk. Um sevens to eights from him, you know, within that ballpark. I'd even take a six point mm. five in the future, you know. Yes. Um if it's, you know, maybe you might have a situation where we lose, but we only concede one goal instead of two, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, we has that moment where, you know, he's beaten, but he has a moment that he, you know, makes, stops it being two or three nil. So, um, but I, I, I sometimes worry about Pulis being like, oh, well, I remember they used to be a really good player. Like, I, I worry about him picking players on reputation. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really worried with Jordan Rhodes that he's doing that. But then, I don't know, who else do we have on the... Well, I know. it's like we need a striker. I'm not going to bring... I really don't want to see Izzy Brown come on and do the same thing. No. it's. I know it's, I know it's tricky at the moment because there's no wonderful options off the bench. It's just... I, Mind it's you, just I'd the like fact it's ever, it's always, I've not seen anything that makes me think things have changed or he's thought of a clever way to use Jordan Rhodes or, you know, there's nothing that's inspiring about it. But that change has happened, as I say, I think it's happened every single game Pulis has mm. been in charge. Uh, and I've, I'm yet to see any yeah. positive influence it has. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing. I would like to see a lot more Kachunga. I don't understand why we don't see more Kachunga. No. Anyway. Uh, well, just the fact. Well, let's 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 get to Kachunga via um, the next man to, to enter the pitch, which was Eusty himself. JVA was all right. I thought I'm going to give Eusty, him six point five. The Eust infection. <laughs> six point five. That's fair enough. The, the Eust ain't worth a squeeze if the Eust don't have some pips. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then, then let's t- so Kachunga got a very scant number of minutes. He came on for Windass uh, with sort of three minutes of added time left to play. 
But do you know what he did, Luke? He ran about a bit. Sure. And that was more than some people have done. <laughs> He's just got a little bit of pace. We're a team devoid of much in the way of pace. And he's got some. And I would, wouldn't mind seeing it used at times. I just don't understand a Patterson and... I don't think Rhodes and Windass works. And I don't think Patterson and Rhodes works. So I'd rather I'd rather Patterson and Kachunga over Rhodes and Kachunga. But anyway, mm-hmm. that seems to be just me. Mm-hmm. Where did he get to in your estimation, uh, Elias? Uh, six. Six. Fair enough. He didn't do anything really, did he? He just ran after a defender. There we go. Well, it was a win. It was. Uh, I don't think. I mean, obviously, we had the the clearing off the line from from Palmer, mm. um, and a couple of good saves from Westwood. But I thought, by and large, we made Coventry look pretty pretty average. I suppose a lot of teams in this league are quite average. Uh, but we didn't. You know, we didn't come away thinking they were world beaters, which mm. which is something that we have. We've been able to make a lot of teams in this league who are very ordinary yeah. look extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I feel like they're a team though that'll they'll do okay. They'll <clears throat> they look like they have a potential to score goals. You know. Yes. So I I think that probably means they'll probably be okay. You know, they'll probably be like Barnsley were at the second end of last season. Um, but again, they've conceded twenty eight goals in twenty games. Coventry which is one of the highest. It is. That's quite a lot of goals to concede. Concede, yeah. So they'll be okay. But um, I don't know. There just there needs to be... We need to be better than more of these teams. You know, we can't just be better than one of these teams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But a win. A, a win, win, exactly. And off the bottom. Off the bottom, which difference. is psychologically important. Um, we scored one more goal than Derby. Though Derby didn't play today because... Rotherham, Rotherham had some vid outbreak. So yes, yeah. Well, we've got we've got goals. Up, we've got goal difference, just pure goal difference on Wickham of seven goals, and then two goals on Derby. Although yeah. they've got that game in hand. Um, I don't know what will happen in terms of that. Be they they may well have a game in hand for quite a long period of time. Who knows when they're going to be able to play it? Yeah. yeah, depending on when they'll be able to squeeze in. Presumably they'll have to wait till an FA Cup weekend that. Doesn't have that they you know if they go out they they're, if they both go out they're able to play it when other people would have a weekend mm. off maybe um, but yeah I, I think unexpected a very pleasant surprise and after the sort of run of weeks that we've had really pleasing to get a win over the line um, it doesn't fill me I'm not feeling like you know we're gonna really go and hammer Blackburn and Borough now. Uh, but we needed it. We needed this shot in the arm. We, it, 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 hopefully, it's something that propels us onto something a bit more. We have tended to play better against the better teams of late. Um, I am worried about the fact that Blackburn score a lot of goals. They're really um, they're heavy hitters in terms of their the firepower they've got at their disposal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, in fact, are they the top scorers in the league? They are, aren't they? So that's going to be a challenge. But they also they've let in more goals than us so if we can keep it tight and sneak a goal who knows who knows but it's a tough one that one it's a tough one to roll into and Borough doesn't get much better either Um, Mm -hmm. they're a typical Warnock side in that they are tight at the back um, and uh, have a knack of getting results 
but yeah, breezier uh, and a better prospect than than where we were last week, and hopefully it's the start of a bit of a better run of things and hopefully the players get paid it's, it's miserable um, the only reason anybody it doesn't matter how much you get paid the only reason anybody goes out to work really is uh, is to is to get paid <laughs> and um, to not have that is uh, is a pretty sad state of affairs so whatever the reasoning behind it hopefully that gets fixed and stops being another a negative drag on uh, on everything around the club um, mm. yeah well Merry Christmas to, to you Luke um i don't know what my christmas is going to look like i'll probably find out after we have finished talking uh, and and talk with family about what what we can do what we're left able to do um which is a bit of a shame but you've got to keep people safe and uh, and uh, look after those loved ones uh there will be other christmases that's the the main thing to remember and uh, merry christmas or hanukkah or kwanzaa um chris mucker whatever you celebrate or if you don't celebrate uh you know all those things hail satan um i don't want to offend anybody uh it's all good stuff have some nice food have a bit to drink enjoy and we will we will talk again on boxing day (laughs) awesome cheerio luke see you see you Thank you.